0: Welcome to the First World Philippines podcast. Podcast. (laughs) Hey guys, it's Mike here and welcome to the First World Philippines podcast. We have today's guest is my very good friend, um, a very successful freelancer, events host, as well as, this is the interesting part, and this is where we connect us. my Tagalog teacher. It is the one and only Adrian Pantanil. So thank you so much Adrian for taking time to record this interview. We talk about freelancing, we talk about the joys and struggles of quitting your job, we talk about Uh, Advice we would give to people who are maybe stuck in their career. But I think where this episode goes, um, something very emotional happens when we talk about tragedy. And Adrian has shared something about the struggle that many Filipino families do. Um, Many Filipinos have to do for their families and he opens up about that. I didn't expect him to do that and I am grateful that he had the courage to share The pain of having to look after a loved one, um, especially towards the end of their life. So it's an episode I think a lot of Filipinos will relate to. And I'm so grateful that Adrian had the courage to share this episode with you. I know both myself and my team, when we recorded this episode, we were very emotional because Adrian doesn't hold back. He is very authentic. He's very special. Um, I'm grateful to call him a very good friend of mine. And thank you, Adrian, for sharing this very moving episode. God bless you, Adrian, and enjoy the episode. Adrian, hey Mike, 12 years Kang Magturbahoo sa call center, di Tama. Baka ka Well um,
1: I got sick and tired of the job. But honestly, uh, two two main reasons, Mike. The reason why I left the call center industry. First off, is um, I got Tired of working with colleagues who backstab you, and uh, in the in the Filipino term we call it plastic. Okay. And second is I have a high filter for bad character mm. and for supervisors who power trips mm. and uh, with with bad leadership. Mm. So I guess those two things. Aside from the routinary tasks, you know, doing the same things over and over again, mm-hmm. th- those are the three main reasons why I left the call center industry.
0: Mm-hmm. But what attracted you to that industry in the first in the place? First place yeah.
1: So uh, when I finished my two year course, I started uh, in the call center industry sometime in two thousand three, I think. The first reason why I entered the call center industry is because of the high paying job.
0: Okay. Yeah, because. Is that a common
1: reason for most Filipinos? Yes, that's the most common reason why Filipinos go to the call center industry. And uh, because I only finished a two year course back then, I didn't have much choice for a better career opportunity.
0: Okay. And do you think that your experience is unique or is this. Um, you seem to have a very bad experience. Was it all bad or was this...
1: Not really all bad because I've had a lot of uh, wonderful experiences as well in the call center right. industry. Um, if I could mention three lessons I've learned in the 12 years in the industry. First is to continually improve your communication and relational skills. Yeah. And because when you work at the call center industry, you work with a lot of different personalities from different walks of life, young, old, uh, male, female, and all the people in between. So um, you become a well-rounded person. Number two is I have learned how to become assertive while knowing my responsibilities to assert assert my rights and uh, speak my mind about certain issues. Uh, Sometimes you have to argue respectfully with customers and sometimes with your colleagues and supervisors as well Mm -hmm. and number three is to never stop learning and never stop growing because in the process of uh, Working in the call center industry. I've actually read around 200 books of self-help and personal growth books in order for me to you know get promoted and uh, To continually grow as a person. Yeah, so why did you feel your growth?
0: stopped? Why do you feel as uh, you weren't learning as much in the
1: call center that forced you to leave? Actually it's not really the growth that uh, it's not really the reason why I stopped working mm-hmm. in the culture industry. It's mainly because I really wanted to pursue what I really love doing mm-hmm. and that is hosting because when you're dragging yourself to work you know and you have to sometimes you have different shifts you work at night sometimes very early in the morning sometimes mm. 3 p.m. to 12 midnight with the UK time mm. but when you're dragging yourself to work and you're not really enjoying what you're doing it's like you don't have life mm. work sucks and it's like you're not really living life to the full mm. and you feel that the world was not getting the best of you yeah, in I. Twelve years. Yes, although I was doing hosting already part time yeah. at that time as a sideline job, I still feel like um, I'm not really maximizing my potentials. Yeah. So I feel like I'm limited in what I really want to do in life. So, in your opinion, what do most people do when they're in that situation? Some people have different uh, approaches to being in that kind of situation um, as we know there's what we call the uh, fight or flee mode so you either fight uh, and deal with it appropriately or you just flee but we're in that means that could mean they're passively accepting things as it is mm-hmm. and they're not really doing something to change the situation so they're accepting the status quo? Yeah, right? the status quo, Yeah. And you, have you seen that with, not,
0: um, with a lot of your colleagues that felt the same way as you, but didn't take the same
1: action as you? I've seen a lot of that kind of people in the call industry because while there are ambitious people like me in the industry, there are also people who have already settled to where they are. For example, um, I have seen people who are already happy as call center agents. Mm. They don't want to be promoted because for them that's additional work and that's not really a really high increase in salary. Mm. So they feel like why aim for promotion when you can just be getting incentives and um, earning enough mm. while doing the same things over and over again. These people don't want to leave their comfort zones.
0: Okay. So you, you left the comfort zone. Yeah, and you jumped into pursuing your dream
1: as a freelancer definitely it's a big risk Mike because when I was working in the call center industry I would get a certain amount of money on a monthly basis Um, and that's an assured money that you get on a a monthly basis to pay my rent, my bills my lifestyle needs and then when I left in April of this year it's really a leap of faith because um, you really have to hustle like there's no tomorrow if you're a freelancer. It's a lot of hard work. Alamo. Yes, <laughs> harder than the having an eight to five job or having or staying as a corporate slave for some people.
0: What advice did you get at the time from people when you told them you're about to quit? Did you get people discouraging you?
1: Well, mainly I actually decided it on my own. I really didn't seek counsel because that time it was really bleak. I've had short-term jobs before I became a full-time freelancer. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are points in your life when you feel like the people you need the most are not there when you need it. It's like you have to do it on your own, of course, with the help of God and, and, and prayer. So I had to, to take this risk and, yeah, take it on as a, as a challenge. What was the best advice you got during that transition? The best advice i got is from online resources and books and and, uh, podcasts and videos that i've seen so i would say in order for you to become a successful freelancer you you will have to have at least these three things Mm -hmm. first is um, time management skills that also includes saying no to people and priorities that are not really helping you with your cash flow and Mm -hmm. also Um, commitments that are not really related to your core values in life Mm -hmm. so that's one number two is um, perpetually reinvent yourself meaning you have to keep growing you have to continually grow your skills Mm -hmm. and uh, do not stay in your comfort zone and number three is I would call this meaningful networking which means that you don't just network because you want to benefit from people, but you network mm-hmm. first of to initiate a really good, mutually beneficially, uh, mutually beneficial relationship is find ways to actually serve your network, the people that you're reaching out to. For example, if you're reaching out to influencers, maybe find ways how you can serve them. For example. As simple as sharing their Facebook posts, for example, if they're promoting a product or a service or an advocacy, you can share it to your Facebook network. Um, also maybe tagging them, for example, someone is looking for a band, for example, and you're part of this Facebook group and you've seen posts that are looking for a band, then you can tag them and mention them mm-hmm. and recommend them. So for because me, Mr. Helpful. Yeah, those three things actually: time management skills, perpetually reinvent yourself, and meaningful networking. That's p- para magiging magtagumpay na freelancer. Tama. Para magiging na freelancer, importante yung tatlong bagay na yan.
0: What about the worst advice you got?
1: The worst advice? I guess the worst advice is just stay where you are and. Uh, don't take risk because there's a lot, lot of uncertainty when you take risk and sometimes there are dangers in the road outside your comfort zone.
0: So an Payomo, for someone right now that's working in a job they hate, mm-hmm. who's getting that advice right
1: now, what is your advice to them? Okay, I just remember these two things before I jumped into becoming a full-time freelancer. One, uh, two seminars. I attended two seminars before I became a full-time freelancer in April. First is I attended uh, Sir Jerry Ilaus' um, seminar, and in that seminar, I learned to find. I forgot the term that he used in this particular. Let's say this is a good number, meaning that this is your certain amount that you will need in order for you to have a comfortable life within a specific month. You have to know how much you have to earn in order for you to have a comfortable life within that specific month. And when you already know that, then you have to itemize the things that you need to do in order for you to to achieve that certain amount of money. That's number one. And the second one is where I met you. I attended your seminar, uh, world-class personal leadership habits. Mm -hmm. So those two seminars actually helped me a lot in having that confidence. Mm -hmm. Because what I learned from your seminar is having really uh, excellent morning habits in order for you to level up your skills and your potentials. So those two things I have uh, always remember and I'm still doing it until now in order for me to keep reaching for my goals. Mm.
0: Salamat. Thank you for that.
1: Salamat din, Mike. Anon, what's been your worst day as a freelancer? My worst day as a freelancer is when you don't have projects and we don't, when you don't have a lot of Um, income-generating activities and in order for me to survive those days as a freelancer is I would just market myself Mm -hmm. I would do videos I would write uh, things I would blog and I will involve myself in Facebook groups so that I can meaningfully network with with people Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes there are days as a freelancer wherein you don't have enough money so you really have to budget, uh, have a good grasp of how much you would spend in the coming days in order for you to last until when you already have the next big gig. <laughs> Hashtag the
0: struggle is real. <laughs> but isn't that the very reason most people don't do this? That's because true. of those days. Yeah. So what advice would you give to them if there's a voice in their head saying, i can't do this because of the fear of those days how do you um overcome those
1: fears how do you overcome those days well your greatest dreams is actually right outside your comfort zone Mm -hmm. um if you're not willing to take risk you may not be able to experience the fullness of life you will not be able to actually realize your potential because not unless you tried something, you will never know that you can actually do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't go out of your comfort zone, how would you know that you can actually try doing something, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And what has been your greatest day as a freelancer? My greatest day is having consecutive hosting events yeah. and uh, voiceover gigs and sometimes I would also, I, I help in the translation of your book, yeah. freelance writing job. So having multiple Uh, income-generating activities. What are you doing? Tell me about the feeling. I feel so fulfilled. I feel so set free and uh, enjoying life to the full because I I love what I'm doing. I'm not stuck in an office doing the things I hate and being with people I hate. (laughs) Because there's a lot of politics and a lot Mm. of that kind of stuff happening. So,
0: good news, Adrian, I've got a time machine here Mm -hmm. and I'm offering you the opportunity to go back to when you quit and reverse that decision. Mm -hmm.
1: Would you take me up on this opportunity to go back and reverse the decision? No, I will never go back. I mean, I I won't be talking to you right now if I didn't do that Mm jump, that leap of faith. So, I would always do this, I would still do the same thing. If I would be given that opportunity to go back in time and decide whether to leave my comfort zone or not, I will mm-hmm. still go out and take this risk. What about
0: the people that are in jobs they hate, but their parents, their families, putting them, them under enormous pressure? Mm-hmm. They could say, we, I could never do what Adrian
1: did. Uh, what advice would you give them? Well, that's a really tough situation because sometimes your parents feel like, they know better, for the most part, really, really, Uh, they know better, for the most part, but there are also instances wherein you have to have a certain goal in your life Mm. and you have to take, I should say, calculated risk in order for you to really step out there and do what you feel like you're really called to do.
0: Mm. So ultimately, and Quentomo, your story is about courage. Yes. And so, what are the practical steps a listener can take who hates their job? Mm-hmm. Can, what can they do to have more courage on a daily basis so they can make these courageous decisions? Well, I think
1: you need to try out new things. Um, you need to be open to other people's opinion about your life and you also need to open yourself up with Mm. fresh insights and wisdom Mm. from other sources. Mm. Because if you're just locked up in your own thinking, you're going to have a very limited world. Yeah. What's your biggest regret from your 12 years? In my 12 years? Well maybe if I could have done this much, much earlier, (laughs) maybe I would have been in a much better place right now. Um, How earlier? but i i I just couldn't do that mike only because only because in that 12 years i actually had to help my family i i helped uh, some of my sisters finish their college degrees and uh, during that time my mom was also very seriously ill she had she started with breast cancer Mm -hmm. and if i did not go back and work Uh, in the corporate world then I would not have been able to help my mother go through a mastectomy and I would not have been able to support her with the finances needed for her medical needs because that's one of the most darkest situations we ever had in the entire family. Mm -hmm. When my mother got breast cancer I think it was in uh, It was in 2010, when we first found out that she has breast cancer. It was not yet level 1 breast cancer, it was just starting. And then, uh, because she didn't want to get that operation at first, it took us, I think, two years. When she already started feeling the pain in her breast and the lump growing, that's when she decided, okay, let's go to the doctor and so during that time, I was already attempting it was, I was already on my third attempt to getting a college degree. And then when that situation happened, I had to go back, stop studying college and go back to work again. and uh, because I was uh, earning a certain amount of money and I was working for the corporate world, the salary I'm getting and the medical health care benefits i'm getting from my company during that time actually helped me have my mother go through a Mm -hmm. surgical operation and then after that surgery she went through four um chemotherapy sessions and she decided to stop the chemotherapy sessions because she said it's so painful Although we didn't want that to happen, because we really want to fight for her life, mm-hmm. we respected her decision because that's her life. So when we stopped the chemotherapy sessions, from not only le- not just uh, level one breast cancer, it became level four uh, colon cancer. So her tummy got bigger as if she she looked pregnant and she was having difficulty um, moving her bowel. And then she went through serious operation again for this uh, colon cancer. And we went to different hospitals, several hospitals and Because I'm the only single guy in the family, I was the person taking care of her in the hospital, combing her hair, helping her with breakfast. Sometimes you would remove the... There's a thing that was put in her tummy. There's a hole there, I forgot what it's called. Mm -hmm. But that thing, we had to buy that and and replace it because that's where she moves her bowel. Mm -hmm. I think this lasted for two two three years and then she eventually passed away despite all of our prayers and despite all of our effort to help her survive that was really difficult but i felt like my 12 years is not a regret 12 years in the cost center industry is not a regret because i was able to help my mother feel that she is loved and that she is valued and that and that uh, we did our best to fight for her life so no regrets in my 12 years in the culture industry because I was able to help her go through that difficult situation she passed on in I think uh, 2013 if I'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. so I lost my father in 1997 and I lost my mom in 2013 and I have no regrets working in the call center because I felt like I used that time wisely. Mm. Not only for myself, but also to, primarily to help my family.
0: Mm. Well, man, this is, thank you for sharing this. Yeah. Um, can I ask a couple more questions? Sure. About your nanai? Yeah, sure,
1: sure. <laughs> What's the greatest lesson you learned from your mother? My mother is so selfless even if we don't have food in our own house she would give out rice and she would help other people Mm -hmm. there were letters she sent to the president on behalf of a neighbor who now has their own house Mm -hmm. and she just really has a good heart Mm -hmm. and Yeah, she's so selfless and really always willing to help other people. Mm-hmm. In the, even though we too are actually needy <laughs> during that time.
0: No, th- thank you so much for sharing this, Adrian. I, and I think we, there are so many people right now that are looking after maybe a parent mm-hmm. or a family member. And I, I think you've got... What advice, and more for someone out there that's listening? who they're watching a loved one, like you had to watch and it's, it's really sick right now. What, what advice would you give them? Because I, I can't ima- imagine the pain that you've
1: gone through. What advice would you give someone who is seeing a loved one? Sometimes it's not really the words that you tell them. Your mere presence would actually mean a lot to them. Mm. And sometimes it's not the length of life that matters most, but it's the quality time that you spent with these people because all of us are going to leave this world anyway. Mm. And what's most important for these loved ones who are seriously ill is your being there with them. Mm. Really taking the time to show them that you care for them. Even though it's difficult, it's expensive and it's painful, mm. but your being there for them would really help them last as long as God would permit them to live their life. What do you think is a regret that most children have? Maybe some people get lost in or distracted in just mainly focusing on providing for their family, working, 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 and not really having spent um, enough quality time with their family. Um, while we're thinking of growing our finances, we also have to think of spending quality time with our family, mm-hmm. especially with uh, old parents mm-hmm. or sick family members. Mm-hmm.
0: And one day I expect you'll have children. Yes, today, of, of course. Yeah. A, what lesson <laughs> Did this experience looking after your mother in mm-hmm. her final, uh, final years, mm-hmm. what did that teach you to prepare yourself when the time comes for when you become a father and when you re- what, what did those lessons
1: teach you about parenthood and b- b- what it takes to become a, a great son? Mm-hmm. I think uh, my mother has taught me how to be really caring and to really be there because. Um, if maybe if she was not a completely uh, a really good mom to us maybe I would have really hated her (laughs) but (laughs) yes she there there were a lot of things that happened because she left for eight years when she had a second husband after my father died Mm. when she left us for eight years, I was the like the father and mother of our five siblings
2: Mm
1: -hmm. and but then there's room for forgiveness Mm -hmm. when she came back after eight years that's when we found out she actually had cancer Mm -hmm. because what happened to her was she remarried a blind guy with much younger kids Mm -hmm and they would push carts and collect bottles and scraps in order to earn a living. Mm -hmm. So she had a really uh, more difficult life than we were having. Mm -hmm. And she got maltreated, she got beaten up by her late husband because eventually the guy actually died too. Because what happened was we we were encouraging her we were encouraging her to sue this guy because she's, he's beating her up. Mm-hmm. But my, my mom, maybe that's why they say love is blind because there are some people who already have like what we call soul ties. Mm-hmm. She really loved this guy so much that she didn't want to sue him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But eventually when uh, the guy got imprisoned because we complained to the local authorities about him. When he got imprisoned in prison, this guy eventually passed away for some strange reason.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Out of another illness. As well. Can I ask
0: a, a difficult question? Sure. Ang manghirap na tanong. na tanong? Okay. Um, forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So there was a time we had to forgive your mother. Yeah. What advice would you give? Uh, a Filipino or an, any person who is struggling to forgive their parents for something in the past. Um, I know that's something that you had holding for mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Um, and in the last days, obviously, the last time with your mom, you got a chance to create that healing and forgiveness. Yeah. What advice would you give someone who has to, who's holding on? to something that the parents did in the past and that they have a lot of heart inside. Mm -hmm. What's your advice for forgiveness?
1: Well, I heard this quote before that when you forgive other people, you actually set yourself free. Mm. You know, it's hard to hold on to grudges and not forgive people because you're in a cage, you're in a prison Mm -hmm. and you remain a prisoner not unless you forgive a person. Mm -hmm. So, we're actually going to cross the same ridge too because we too will need forgiveness at one point in our life. Mm. So might as well decide. It's not easy. It's not easy to forgive someone who has offended you and has hurt you deeply, but you know, God's grace is there to help you forgive. If your mother was here now, what message do you think she
0: would tell you?
1: I think I think she will say that she's proud of me of the things that I have accomplished in my life I think that
2: she will tell me
1: that that I have gone a long way from our humble beginning and that she will be happy that I was able to help my siblings have a better life mm-hmm. and finish their college education. There's not a day that, whenever I would look at her photos and Facebook, the "On This Day" feature, I would always stare up because mm-hmm. we spent so many nice and difficult days in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Together. So. I would never stop missing her.
2: Mm.
0: And what advice would you give? um, Because I know you you spent some time as an overseas Filipino. Yeah. Uh, What advice would you give uh, an overseas Filipino? Maybe someone who's working in Metro Manila but from the province who doesn't get to spend as much time with their parents. Someone like myself Mm. who only gets to see them physically um, once a year. What, What advice would you give
1: someone? About the remaining time they have with their living parents. The most precious commodity we have is actually time. Because when you use time, it's already gone. Mm. So that's one thing you cannot ever take back. So we have to really spend time, quality time with our family. Mm. And not just focus on earning money. Because love is also spelled time, D I M E. Uh, one final question Adrian sure.
0: and, and this is uh, I really appreciate you sharing something extremely personal mm-hmm. um, I, I can't imagine the courage it takes to recall these memories what looking after your mother in her final years is how much do you think you being a Filipino contributed to that um, this sense of mm-hmm. that's makes the Filipinos so unique in how they look after their elders, especially in those final years. Yeah. What, what, what do you say, what message would you give to all Filipinos out there and their relationship with their, their loved ones, their elders in those final years? What, what's, what's so special about it?
1: Uh, I think it's actually innate to Filipinos to take care of our elderly. That's why senior Living our senior residences or you know um, Home for the aged is not really that common yet in the Philippines because we That's how we show another Filipino trait which is that sense of indebtedness for the things that they have done for us so While we are focused in uh, earning a living we also have to spend time with our loved ones who are ailing and already old and not neglect them because if not for them we're not here yeah so Adrian
0: final message of advice to someone and you can look at from both perspectives maybe that they're in a job they they don't like or someone who is um, battling with forgiveness for someone in their family or someone who is looking after a sick relative right now mm-hmm. um, let me ask this question on greatness, becoming the best version of you what yeah. is the final advice you would give to someone on, on, in Tagalog or in English mm-hmm. on how to become the best person of themselves?
1: to become the best person of yourself you have to know your strengths and your weaknesses but most importantly you have to build on your strengths mm-hmm. and you will need mentors along the way People would actually help you grow your potentials, and uh, as you grow, being mentored and learning new things from other people and resources, then you you become great. It's the journey. Yeah, they say that success is not a destination, but a journey. So there, keep moving forward. Yeah. Adrian, manhole, manhole. <laughs> Thank you so much, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much God for you. this opportunity.
0: Hey, this is Mike again. Thank you so much for listening to the First World Philippines podcast. It would mean so much to me if you left a review, if you share this podcast, somehow help us spread the word. We do this for free always ask in return, please consider sharing this with your friends, people who love the Philippines and people who want to become successful in this country. This is their podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode.